1: Welcome to the show, one and all. Thank you for joining us. Episode 744 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dallamore. joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly Brittany Page.
2: Well, I don't want every intro to be about COVID like it was during the height of COVID. During COVID? Yes.
1: Well, we're still in COVID.
2: Yes, but I think it's important <laughs> to talk about how we had a COVID scare. Well, you had a COVID oh, scare. Oh, yeah.
1: No shit. Yeah, you yeah, started
2: yeah, feeling. You started feeling sick. You had like a sore throat. I didn't
1: start. I woke up with a super scratchy sore throat and a little bit of a cough. Just a little, little cough.
2: Yeah. And so you, you said to me, I think I need to be tested for COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, let's, let's go. We had heard that there were tests that you could buy, rapid tests at like CVS. Over the counter. Right. And so we proceeded to drive to five different CVS pharmacies.
1: Yeah. Talk about a saga.
2: <laughs> in the Orange County area, each one we went to said... Yeah, they're all sold out of these in Irvine or yeah, they're all sold out of these in Costa Mesa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so we were we were spending hours doing this. I mean, it was like wasting time. We're both wearing masks in the car because then I started experiencing symptoms thinking that I had covid. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> You psychosomatically, is that a word? Yeah. It mm-hmm. was, you did not start experiencing symptoms.
2: No, I, well, your, my brain thought I did Your powerful
1: was. brain was like, if he has COVID, we have COVID!
2: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. So I figured out that It a- was a nightmare,
1: by the way. Yeah. It was a- a dysfunctional situation trying to just get a goddamn covid test.
2: Yeah, because even uh By, by the way,
1: spoiler alert, don't have covid. We should just get that out of the yeah, way. Yeah, we don't have right we away. didn't
2: have covid. We were negative. We both got tested, but we went to CVS Rite Aid. I'm using them interchangeably. We went to a Rite Aid and they actually offered covid testing on site. But you wouldn't get the results until like two days later. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. not what we wanted. We wanted a rapid test. We wanted the results. That's
1: unacceptable. We need them now.
2: And so I remembered that this urgent care I went to a few years ago when I had torticollis. You remember ah. when I had torticollis? neck. Yeah. Um, and they She were- was like
1: Batman in the Batman suit. <laughs> like you couldn't turn your head, Your ho- all your head and shoulders had to move.
2: No, my head was down toward my shoulder. Like I couldn't lift oh, it up right. straight.
1: Yeah, yeah, it looked like you were Ralph Wiggum's from The Simpsons. You glued your, <laughs> you glued your ear to your shoulder. Yeah, it was, yeah, it yeah, was
2: yeah. very painful. It, it's something Should that you choose me. It's something that babies get. But I got it a few years ago. It's fine. So um, we went to this urgent care and got tested. Super easy process. It was actually my first COVID test ever. It was really exciting. Super
1: easy? I was ready to burn the building down. What do you mean super easy?
2: Yeah, well, it wasn't easy for you because you hadn't been there before. And so that turned into a whole process. But it was my first test. I was really excited. The guy asked me if I was having symptoms. And I said... Uh, why are you
1: getting tested?
2: I was I didn't know how to answer if I was having symptoms because it was probably psychosomatic. So I was like, I don't think so. And he's like, Why are you getting tested? And I said, Paranoia. And he just kind of stared at me and like didn't a, know what to say.
1: A blank stare. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um but I was just being honest. That's he gave the- me the
1: same look when I said out of a out of an abundance of caution.
2: Yeah, well he probably doesn't hear these responses. <laughs> so um yeah, it was super easy. I was expecting it to be jammed into my brain. It wasn't. Um, he definitely got up there on one side, but on the other side, he didn't get up there very so much.
1: Exactly the same with me. Yeah. The right nostril, it was like he was trying to probe the brain. <laughs> Wanted to see just how much gray matter was up there.
2: Yeah. Well, so the the shitty thing about this was, is that if you didn't have insurance getting the rapid test at the urgent care, your out-of-pocket cost was $225. Now, that is... Sickening and immoral. That is insanely cost prohibitive. The tests that we were trying to find that were over the counter, the rapid tests at like Rite Aid, I think they're far more reasonably priced. Uh,
1: by the way, I think what they gave us is that same fucking test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. And I think they're 30 or 40 bucks over the counter because the one guy goes, yeah, we're sold out of all of those. We do have one left here that's like a 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, we need two. Yeah. So that doesn't help us. Right. And I don't even know if I'm willing to shell out $100. Well,
2: and he made a point to say it's really, it's kind of this more expensive one that's kind of a rip off. Like, I think he shit on it when he was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it. <laughs> But yeah, so luckily we have insurance and the insurance covered it, which is, is very good. But, but
1: imagine, imagine being someone who's not in a, in a, in a, in a, who, who is in a precarious financial position. Yeah. What they're going to be forced to do is just go around and maybe have COVID. Right. Maybe be mildly symptomatic because they don't have the money to find out whether they actually have it. It, it should be free just like the vaccine. Because by the way, the vaccine is free. It mm-hmm. is free. Yeah, apparently not everybody knows that. I'm already fired up.
2: Yeah, you really I need are. To calm it down. Well, who would have thought? I'm that... I'm getting
1: fucking torticollis just from being stressed
2: out. Who would have thought that we would be radicalized simply by trying to get tested for COVID? <laughs> Hello, pores. 225 bucks. It's unacceptable. Unacceptable. So that was our adventure with the COVID testing.
1: You know what? I would like to have. Better adventures.
2: Yes, well, and your so your sickness, by the way, went away after a day. So who knows what the hell was but wrong I was, with
1: you? I was fucking. It didn't like once I found out I didn't have it. I, I was better. I was sick all fucking day. No,
2: you were, and you took some Dayquil. So yeah. who knows? Maybe you're like uh, Eric, and one time you go out without a mask. The first time you go out without a mask, and you uh, get sick.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know anymore.
2: <laughs> anyway.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We do. I'm really trying to figure out where we're going next. That's what I'm stalling here. Well,
2: we have listener communication. What are you talking about? Let's
1: do that then. Why don't you just start reading an email then? Okay. And then I will um, gather my thoughts.
2: It seems like you're kind of going through something right now. Are you okay?
1: (laughs) I think I have COVID.
2: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Jesse and Brittany. I am listening to episode 743, discussing the man in the hospital who rejects the vaccine because because it is the agenda of the government. I agree with you both that the reporter should have pushed back in his questioning. One of my first thoughts when I heard this story was, why didn't the reporter ask him about the cost of being hospitalized? The vaccine is free. But the hospital stay is likely going to cost this patient personally. I am also wondering if insurance companies will increase premiums to try to recoup the costs of American selfishness, present company excluded. And would like to hear your thoughts on that. Keep up the good work.
1: Um, I wouldn't put it. Past- oh, did
2: I say that this was from Kelly? You did not. I'm sorry. It's from Kelly.
1: Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past insurance companies to fucking do anything that's shitty.
3: Mm-hmm. Is
1: that the way to say it? Or that's it put it past them to do something good? No, no. I wouldn't put it past them to do something shitty like that at all. Mm-hmm. Because there are certain businesses in the United States in our unfettered capitalistic system that are just a, an immoral unethical grifter bilking machine. And we've learned that the healthcare industry and the health insurance business is that. How often do you hear stories about people who pay their premiums for year after year after year after year after year year, and then they get sick and their claim is denied. Now a lot of that was taken care of because of Obamacare, the pre-existing conditions and all of that. But absolutely, the healthcare business, the, the insurance business is a fucking racket.
2: Well, I think that that's a great question that the reporter should have asked. And I remember talking about the <laughs> terrible job that that reporter did.
1: Yeah, but listen, they're, they're not the, – the guy's not weighing the cost to, to – to, to, to the, the ratios of how much it costs. He's doing it to own the libs.
2: Yeah, but it's the, isn't it the reporter's job to shed light on some of that? Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. You're, no, no, you're right. Right. But I mean, the reporter is thinking like us plebes. No, knowing what the answer is going to be rather than making the guy fucking say it with this stupid COVID mouth.
2: Well, and that's why the responsibility is what is the viewer going to take away from this? Yeah. And wouldn't it be useful to ask some questions that help the viewer be more informed about which approach they should be taking in their own lives? Yeah, I agree. That's kind of the, the key takeaway there. And I think Kelly raises an important point here.
1: For sure. Um more COVID communication. Kelly, thank you very much for the email. We appreciate it. Moving on, um people upset.
4: Hey Jesse and Brittany. I'm calling today uh in anger and outrage about um a video that I point posted and shared with you all in the Facebook group. Um, Basically talking about um, anti-masking and how masks have been for over a year affecting the well-being and lives of children. Um, I lost family to this pandemic because of idiocy and anti-science. And bad decisions I have friends across the US that I've admittedly never met but have been talking to on and off for uh, nearly a decade all of them are at risk you guys are at risk I am just why why the hell why the fuck Are people so adamant that their decision is all that matters? I just, I cannot fucking fathom that people are so arrogant and so deceived by the non science of people like Tucker Carlson and OAN and all these channels that I've tried to watch those videos. And as someone with an eye to, and a a desire to learn about others, tried to give them a chance, it's just freaking disgusting. And on that note, the gentleman who shirt-fronted Tucker Carlson I agree with both of your opinions about this situation. Um, one of you said, and I can't remember which, one of you said that it was, uh, and I believe it was Jesse, that there was n- that nothing wrong with the way this man approached Tucker. And then.
2: I, I don't think we've talked about this yet. We have not.
1: We're going to today. We are. Spoiler alert. Uh, The caller is right.
2: Let's see what the predictions are, though. About how I feel. About what we say.
4: (laughs) Brittany was like, no, but we need to be careful. We need to be careful. But when a man like Tucker cries about his freedoms and the freedoms of children, report the children, the parents of children you see masked to CPS and stay with them until they are arrested or they're dealt with, he deserves no quarter when his rhetoric is risking the lives of our fellow citizens. It is abysmal. And yes, I, I I can understand like even Don Lemon saying what the man did went too far. But I agree with people like Anna Navarro who say they put this shit out there. Constantly, they can deal with those consequences. Thank you, and well, Brittany's the best part.
0: Bye. <laughs> Love the show.
5: Brittany's the best part.
2: Bye. Well, obviously not because you disagree with my made-up opinion you, that you think I have. <laughs> yeah, you,
1: you disagree with the opinion Brittany hasn't given you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it is interesting. It, it, no, it is. It, it really makes, is. No, it
1: makes me. It makes me. Wonder how many people? Yeah, just imagine in their head our voices. I know. You know what I mean. And what we say about. I mean, it. in this case, we're going to get to it. Yeah. So I, I think. the I don't think the caller left his name, so we're not going to say it. I know who it is. Yeah. Um.
2: Because that's our policy. Yeah, but
1: he's fucking wrong. <laughs> about you, well, he's totally right about me
2: in his prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So he's well. well he's half right.
2: <laughs> whoa, whoa! <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, we're like you said, we're going to get into it. But yeah, I have found the responses to this from a liberal talking heads, very frustrating. And actually, it's it's motivated in every case. And we will play this out of selfishness, their own yeah. fear yep. that this could happen to them, their own fear that someone will come up to them. But again, that's the risk you take of being a public figure. And we'll we'll get into it. We'll also, get into he it.
1: he made the caller made a great point that Tucker Carlson went on the air to his millions of viewers and said, if you see someone who has a mask on their kid, stop them, detain them, make call CPS, ch- call Child Protective Services, call the police, and don't let them leave until the police come.
2: Right. Well, and this same criticism was happening on Twitter for Jesse Waters because Jesse Waters came out and said that this kind of street harassment is wrong. Right,
1: he's made his career doing that. Yeah. Being a racist jerk-off in Chinatown.
2: Yeah, he w- that's what he would do, is go and harass people on the street for Bill O'Reilly. That's how he originally got yeah. a name for himself on Fox News. So it's it's funny to watch these conservatives now saying, oh... Someone peacefully coming up to someone and telling you that you are a terrible person is unacceptable when they're all freedom yeah, yeah. of speech, rah rah. Anyway, did we say we were going to get, get to it? We're
1: saving it for the show. Okay, all right. That's what we, Brittany and I will will be in our our <laughs> private lives. Oh. Talking about politics or whatever and talking about something we're going to talk about on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the saying is save it for the show. Yes. Because we'll, we'll, we'll.
2: Inevitably start getting into it. We'll also expend.
1: Our, our, I don't want to say blow our wad. You hate it when I use that turn of phrase. Well,
2: it's kind of aggressive. But we
1: will blow our wad. Come on. Um, on the topic. You love it. Anyway. Jesus. Thank you very much, unnamed caller. Unnamed foreign caller. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, apparently today is the, the voicemail day of the foreign caller. Oh. Because Wayne from the UK is calling in to hold me to task. Take Ooh. me to task. About the last thing that we talked about, with me being critical, not wanting to call vaccine-hesitant people that anymore, that they are obstinate, they have made a choice to not be vaccinated, obviously save the people who have a legitimate medical situation where they cannot, they're not hesitant, they're just caught in a situation that's unfortunate. Anyway, we'll leave it to Wayne to tell me how wrong I am.
6: Hello Jesse. Hello Brittany. It's Wayne from the BIM Podcast over here in the UK. Um I'd just like to comment on uh, a few things that was were said in the previous show um about people that have not taken the vaccine. And the thing that that um really struck me was Jesse, your use of the word scant when it comes to people that were vaccine hesitant. Um can you can you provide some Data on that for me, please, because what you've just done is just providing an opinion, and we all like to um, stick it to people when they just provide their opinion and don't back it up with any numbers um, because there's, the vaccine hesitancy is all about things like people that can't take the time off work, people that are anxious about the, the vaccine, just access... Uh, the the study that um, that Britney cited was 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 bang on because you can't just label these people that haven't had the vaccine as, as a monolith. There are people that can't take it through medical conditions. There are people that my my good lady couldn't have um, one particular vaccine because she's breastfeeding. So there there is so much nuance when it comes to um, discussing this particular subject, so to to create this monolithic block and say, "Right, well, you're all this," is it's 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 bad. It's bad commentary. It's, it's bad sort of. I mean, I, I don't know whether we're journalists or commentators or whatever, but it's bad to to do that. And so I think we need to all dial it back a bit. And when people say, "I'm not having the vaccine," actually listen to people. And when they tell you why they're not taking the vaccine, listen to them. Don't just brand them this one thing. Oh, you're not taking the vaccine. Oh, well, you're a wrong one. No, it's not about that. It's, the, the, as I say, there is so much nuance when it comes to people that can't take the vaccine. And <laughs> we, we, we've got to be consistent when it comes to calling people out and, and talking about these things because... Otherwise we fall into the same traps that we lay for other people. And um yeah, I don't want I don't want you guys well sorry, you guys I mean you Jesse to fall into that trap because you're a lovely bloke, even though you're a big ginger sausage. Um <laughs> anyway, that's it from me. Wayne over here in the UK from the BIM podcast. Brittany is the best part. Bye bye.
2: Love the show. Brittany for the best part. Bye. So I will say, Wayne, it's cuter when Sienna says that yeah. Jesse is a ginger sausage. Y- yeah, you just think. just you th- throwing that out there. You think. <laughs> you think.
1: So um, a, a lot of things here, Wayne. First of all, I, I don't know what show you listen to, uh, but a lot of what you say I said I didn't say. Um, also, a lot of what you said, Brittany already fucking said, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, you're. Well, ju- it's just it's broken record machine over here well I re- just repeating everything you said I but w- several times I said yeah they're not a monolith and obviously I'm not talking about people who have a, a legitimate medical condition uh, some kind of immunocompromised situation or whatever it may be that they're not able to take the vaccine safely those not they're not in but I I boiled it down to if you're able medically to take the vaccine and you've chosen for whatever reason not to, you've chosen, you've made a choice to not get vaccinated. So it's not vaccine hesitancy. It is a decision that you've made. And I don't think being poor is a good excuse to put other people's lives at risk. Other people's lives, people who cannot take the vaccine. You can't say, "Oh, sorry I killed your grandma. I'm poor." It doesn't fly with me.
2: So, I yes, yeah, so I I called you out for talking about your personal experience and all that. Um so that I'm assuming that's kind yeah, of some of the overlap yeah. that you saw, but I want to say also that the thing that I referenced was not a study. It was It was was also
1: her personal experience, her anecdotal experience. It was a
2: pediatrician and a public health advocate that did an interview with Ed Young in the Atlantic. And yes, she has experience because she's on the ground working with people trying to convince people to get vaccinated. But again she wasn't a researcher. She hadn't collected data. And so when Wayne called in and said, Jesse, where's your data? It's just interesting that Wayne didn't take the time before he made the call to criticize you for not having data to like gather data and present that to you to kind of challenge you. I
1: didn't even think of that. Um, Where's your numbers, Wayne?
2: But my, my first thing I want to get (laughs) into here is that Wayne made a comment about his, his partner, not being able to get one of the vaccines because of pregnancy. And I, Of course, people's individual situation, it should be considered on an individual basis. You want to weigh the benefits and the risks of a vaccination and pregnancy with your doctor. There may be specific individual cases where it's not appropriate. But I went to various UK public health websites and they speak about covid-19 vaccines generally they do not specify which ones and say that they are recommended for all pregnant women that all pregnant women should be offered the covid-19 vaccines with the rest of the population in line with the age group rollout so for anyone that heard Wayne say that i just i don't want any Absolutely pregnant not. women to yeah. hear that and think oh which which vaccine can i not have or create some sort of fear or doubt right, right. I don't want that to happen. So let me
3: also
1: read from the CDC for for Americans out there who might be um, alarmed by what they heard from Wayne. Uh, Pregnant and recently pregnant people are more likely to get severely ill with COVID-19 compared to non-pregnant people. If you are pregnant, you can receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Getting a COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy can protect you from severe illness from COVID-19. If you have questions about getting vaccinated, a conversation with your healthcare provider might help, but it is not required for vaccination.
2: You're reading it like you are a robot. Is there? No, a- I'm
1: reading it like it's. Well, one, <laughs> I don't listen. I mean, Wayne, and I love Wayne, but Wayne comes at me with with arguments about anecdotal this and anecdotal that, and then gives vaccine uh, misinformation. Based on his anecdotal situation with his wife, discouraging, I believe it would end up being, or could, very well could, discouraging people who are pregnant or breastfeeding from getting the vaccine. This is the fucking shit we're dealing with right now, and it's not helpful.
2: Well, and just in kind of on this topic, just so you know that um, the evidence is suggesting that COVID-19 vaccine during pregnancy can pr- protect pregnant mothers from serious illness and that it also can produce antibodies that are detected in the breast milk, which may protect the baby as well. Right. So that is something to be aware of. But talking about what you said about how you don't care, poor being poor isn't an excuse, I wanted to read from an article in the Los Angeles Times this is not a study this is an article in the Los Angeles Times <laughs> why haven't you been vaccinated with covid-19 raging people explain what took so long and one of the people that they talk about in this article is marco figueroa and he is a delivery driver and he saw a sign that said free covid vaccine He's 42 years old, and he was getting a lot of pressure from his family to get the vaccine, but he wanted to avoid taking a day off work. That was the biggest reason. And his his siblings kept asking him, when are you going to go? When are you going to go? He kept saying, later, later. But then once he saw this poster that was um, on a utility pole, he decided to pull over give up his lunch hour, get vaccinated. And I want to read from the article now, quote, his coworker parked their work truck in a loading zone on 12th Street and waited as Figueroa headed into the blue tents where two registered nurses were giving vaccines. As Figueroa waited the 10 minutes for workers to prep the Pfizer vaccine, he gripped the sides of the black folding chair where he sat. Not because he was scared, he said, but because he was worried about falling behind on the deliveries that he had left. So this is one of those stories where... I hear you in your frustration, Jesse, that you feel as though there's no excuse for people continuing to put this off, continuing to put people at risk, continuing to have the vaccination mutate and various uh, variants coming out of this, further creating a situation where the pandemic is prolonged. But I also think it's an important part of the conversation about what's wrong with our society, that people can't even go and get a free vaccine, that... Because they're worried about how much time it's going to take, and they're worried about losing their job if they fall behind on these right. deliveries.
1: Absolutely, we live it, It's an immoral system for sure.
2: And I, I want to talk about some of the data. I, I found some. <laughs> I got some, Wayne, <laughs> uh, from the public, public, from the Public Religion Research Institute. Ah,
1: friend of the show,
2: Robert P. Jones. Robert P. Jones. And they go through the different barriers to getting vaccinated. And one of them is time. So, according to PRRI, among Americans who are not vaccinated, one in 10, 11%, say a critical reason preventing them from getting a COVID 19 vaccine, almost combined. 19 and vaccine reading is hard guys is not having time to go get vaccinated or deal with the possible side effects an additional 24 percent say that is one of the reasons but not a critical one okay health is another reason one in 10 americans who are not vaccinated 10 percent say a critical reason preventing them from getting a covid19 vaccine and his existing health condition and an additional 14 percent say that is one of the reasons but not a critical one Another issue is childcare. Four percent of Americans who are not vaccinated say a critical reason preventing them from getting a vaccine is a lack of child care for young children at home. And an additional 10 percent say that that is one of the reasons, but not a critical one. Transportation, another issue. Three percent of Americans who are not vaccinated say it's a critical issue. Three percent. While an additional seven percent say that is one of the reasons, but not a critical one. So these are. It is,
1: it is by the way, Scant. These numbers, Wayne, for your edification, sir, scant. These are scant percentages of people who cannot because of their their their, their monetary situation or their health or their or their daycare situation or whatever else. Scant.
2: Well, these barriers are highest for Black, Hispanic, and young Americans, and according to PRRI, across all four of those barriers that we just discussed, Republicans, rural Americans, and white evangelical Protestants are no more likely than all Americans to report these as critical challenges or reasons they have not gotten vaccinated, despite their lower-than-average vaccination rates. So Republicans, rural Americans, white evangelical Protestants uh, continue to be a primary problem when it comes to you don't like the term vaccine hesitancy uh but unvaccinated
1: well you can use it i don't like it yeah so listen <laughs> all of that is valid those are those are real reasons but for me if your grandma dies or your wife dies or your child dies because they catch it from someone is it in your mind close your eyes unless you're driving and imagine someone in your family dying and, and we could somehow through some unknown technology pinpoint the person who actually transmitted the virus. If they told you it was because ah, I couldn't I couldn't get enough time off work. Sorry, your wife is dead. Um, yeah, I I uh, I was afraid of it. Sorry, your family's dead. I was afraid I might not be able to pay my rent and I would end up homeless. Sorry, your wife is dead. You'll never see her again. For me, not a good excuse. And I might sound like a cock, but I'm talking about the death of someone versus someone who's poor continuing to be poor. That sucks. It's fucking terrible. But I'm talking about the end of someone's life versus, for me, it's a utilitarian argument, I guess. I don't know, but I'm unconvinced.
2: So this was, by the way, based on a total sample of 5,851 people. I can't tell from the report as I'm looking at it how many of those people were unvaccinated. But I want to get into some of the potential benefits of vaccination. So they went into possible benefits that that could convince people to get vaccinated who were unvaccinated. So nearly 4 in 10 Americans, 39%, say that the idea that they would be protecting human life, that idea makes them more likely to get vaccinated against COVID. So that could be something that people talk more about, is that this is something that protects human life. It's something that benefits society and this is kind of that argument of um freedom over fear that people like to Uh. talk about where it's not an issue of fear they're not afraid yeah we know sir you're very strong and and manly so um but also could you just like protect other people that would be nice right could you add that into the equation chivalry
1: doesn't exist for republicans anymore it used to be the the party of um uh, the strong masculine men have to protect the ladies. Another and now they're just like yeah, fuck them, let them die.
2: Well, another benefit that could be convincing for people is that uh, protecting the most vulnerable in the community. Yes. About 4 in 10 Americans, 38%, say that protecting the most vulnerable members of the community makes them more likely to get vaccinated against COVID.
1: Did you say 38%? Yeah. Oh, so not a scant percentage. (laughs) Just checking.
2: Well, and again, that's why I talked about the sample size, uh, so that you could have more context for that. But uh, I love me
1: some context. More
2: than one third of Americans, thirty-five percent, say that the ability to safely visit family and friends makes them more likely to get vaccinated. And one in four Americans, about twenty-seven percent, say that no longer needing to wear a face mask makes them more likely to get vaccinated. Well, you COVID.
1: can you can stow that reason because that's not even. That's not even a real reason anymore. (laughs) Thanks to the Delta variant and thanks to people who didn't get vaccinated, who allowed the coronavirus to morph into something more deadly. Good job, everybody.
2: Well, and let's also just say, because there's some people, was going to say dum-dums, but I'll just say some people, who are now trying to act like the COVID vaccine is worthless. And it it doesn't work. Yeah. And that the fact that the CDC is now recommending masks again, even for vaccinated people, that this means the vaccine doesn't work. And actually, that's not what it means we're at gonna, all. We're
1: going to get to that right on the other side of the break. Should we just go to the break? Let's do it. Let's drop the phone number before we do. We would love to hear from you. I might or may I may or may not be as hard on you as I was on Wayne. Sorry, Wayne. Well, love he's, you, brother, he's
2: a long term listener. He yeah, knows he can handle it. It's Wayne. Yeah,
1: it's Wayne from the UK. And I'm just a ginger sausage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you are. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Tell me where I'm wrong. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it. Tell
2: me when I'm wrong, too. At
1: dollamore.com. You're never wrong, Brittany Page. Oh,
2: I'm definitely wrong. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Do you not remember the donut debacle? (laughs) Wrong about that. Wrong about that.
1: The donut debacle.
2: That's right.
3: I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family. Please visit patreon.com slash Podcast.
2: We would like to thank our newest Patreon supporters, Ray S. Ray S. Janice C. Janice C. James B. James B, J C, J C, Valerie N. Valerie N. Jerry or Gary.
1: Jerry or Gary. That's
2: not what it says. I'm just trying to get it right. And then also Slurpee. Slurpee. Slurpy! Now, Slurpy, I think, is someone (laughs) that just wants me to read the word Slurpy, but we also have...
1: Slurpity-derp!
2: We also have someone here who more than doubled the pledge. Wow. And, you know, last time I said I would read anything that they write here.
1: You sure did. And
2: unfortunately, we got what was coming to us after that was said, because um, we would like to thank... Trump beats off everyone. I changed my name so Brittany would read it on I Doubt It. Ha ha. Are you still reading this? Brittany is the best part. Eric P. in Ohio.
1: <laughs> I'm not repeating that. That's too good. <laughs> I also don't have... I just last week dropped the uh, the Dr- Trump beating off everybody, beating off Congress, beating everybody off.
2: Oh, okay. You removed dropped, it from the board. Yeah, I took it, it off the board. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that was poor timing. So thank you to everyone for your very kind... How dare you, sir! ...pledges on Patreon. We appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate you for listening to the show, commenting on the Facebook page, tweeting us, writing profanity-free reviews on iTunes. And we hope if you are one of the Patreon supporters in the Hangout tier that you will be joining us for our Hangout, which is the last Saturday of every month, which means it is uh, July 31st, this month at 11 a.m. Pacific time. So please join us for that. We would love to see your faces and we appreciate you guys and your support. Oh, we forgot to thank some people who sent us some some Popeye stuff. So um, we haven't uh, talked about what happened with Popeye yet. Again, still not ready to do that. Who knows?
1: Maybe next time. Yeah,
2: who knows when that might happen. But um, thank you again for everyone that that has been sending messages. It's been it's been awesome, but we want to give a special shout out to uh, Susan in Tennessee because Susan sent us a very beautiful card that was very kind, yes. and we very much appreciate that.
7: Thank you, Susan. And
2: then we want to give a shout out to Julia and Cameron in Cleveland, Ohio, because they sent us a a book. And they left a note here. Jesse and Brittany, we send this book for our friends when they lose a beloved four-legged family member. We hope it brings you some comfort as you mourn Popeye. He was the best boy. And that is called Dog Heaven. Thank and you, guys. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we very much appreciate that. So thank you to everybody for sending that love in.
1: Um, all right. Moving on. democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so let's get to that very issue about anti science the the first caller mentioned people who are anti science and really it is an unusual time to be alive to witness on mass republicans really doubling down on their already science suspicious attitudes Here's Ted Cruz on the floor of the United States Senate, giving a speech, putting it on the congressional record, his views, his dumb shit views about what's happening right now. Did vaccines not work? Did science not operate? No, it was obvious then. And it was obvious on the day that the Oracle of the CDC spoke that vaccines work, which is why every Democrat took their masks off. But fast forward to this week. The CDC issues a new proclamation. Apparently, according to the CDC, vaccines don't work anymore. That science thing, inoperative. We got more important things to worry about, like politics. As an aside, Mr. President, has there ever been an institution in American public life that has more discredited itself more rapidly than the CDC.
2: So again, there's two separate issues here, which is that Ted Cruz fundamentally doesn't understand the way that science works and is actually maliciously obscuring how science works for political expediency purposes.
1: I think that's it. I don't think it's that he doesn't understand. I think he does understand, which makes it more pernicious because he's trying to fool, hoodwink his low information unwashed audience and supporters
2: and then there's the separate issue of the cdc which yeah is not great with messaging and can do things that are confusing for people i understand that but because it's
1: it's a it's a firm it is an organization filled with scientists not public relations experts
2: right but here's the thing and, and you see this with uh the the what is wrong with me today I don't understand. I keep combining words. I was going to say attacks and Fauci, and I tried to combine it. I don't know what's happening to it's, my brain.
1: I think it's real nice.
2: So you saw this. Maybe I'll just slow down. Maybe well, I'm that talking. that was some weird shit. Maybe I'm talking too fast. Okay. I'll I'll turn into NPR Brittany. So wow. <laughs> the attacks that you Shweaty saw. Balls. The attacks that you saw on Dr. Fauci a few months ago when everyone was saying, he has said things that later turned out to be wrong. At first, he was saying this about masks. Then he was saying this. You know, whoever's on Joe Rogan today saying something like this about Fauci. So <laughs> these people are not deities, okay? And what Ted Cruz and his ilk want is like the comfort of certainty, the warm security blanket of yeah, certainty. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, science does not offer that. And- As scientists, you know, you have a lack of certainty. You make room for other possibilities. You make room for other factors to influence your views and for things ultimately to change as you gather more information. Now, the CDC hasn't changed. The virus has changed. That's the important thing to remember here. That's
1: exactly right.
2: And for Ted Cruz to be saying what he's saying, who knows what he actually believes. But the point is that science is a process. And as you gather more information and collect data, what we know is going to change. So I just don't understand why there's such an issue with, well, last week they were saying this and now they're saying this. Yeah. Things change. Get used to it.
1: Well, also this, that the vaccine a month ago did work dumb fuck. And because of all of your vaccine hesitant followers, it is now a different virus. That is the reason we're in the situation we are and the masks are going back on. It's because of the vaccine hesitant that we're in the straits that we are. It isn't because they lied, the CDC lied. It's because of people refusing to get the vaccine for whatever reason that we want to give them the benefit of the doubt about.
2: Mm -hmm. It's also weird to act like There wasn't a desire for things to improve here. I mean, he's talking about Democrats were taking their masks off. Yeah. People trusted that we were going to be able to move forward and that things were going to change and people were going to get vaccinated because it was accessible. It was free. You could get it.
3: Right.
1: You
2: could register. Everyone was able to register and go get it. So. There was a belief that, oh, things can go back to quote unquote normal here. Right. And that's not happening because not enough people are getting the vaccination and it's continuing to mutate. And I mean, we've been talking about this
1: and it's based on what what Ted Cruz is doing on the Senate floor that is causing people to be (laughs) vaccine hesitant and having business leaders. Uh, This idiot that that Chris Cuomo interviewed on CNN yesterday, this guy in Huntington Beach right here in Orange County, has a restaurant that won't serve you. I mean, this is all how is he going to know, but won't serve you if you are vaccinated. It's only serving uh, unvaccinated people. We're not going to say the name of the restaurant because fuck him we're not going to give him the publicity that he got on cnn the millions of people who watched it he got a free commercial for every anti-vax idiot to go and eat there the whole reason this
8: is happening is because people won't protect themselves tony i mean what are you thinking then why did you leave your house when when you had covid i mean you had
7: it and you left your house i mean it's been documented First right? of all, so, it has been documented. My
8: ass, it's been documented. Why I quarantined.
7: Why I went out.
8: It? My wife got accosted by somebody. I don't know, man. You're and I, I know you don't know, so I'm trying to help you. The science is clear, Tony. You're trying to help me. You're I don't want to you, you to get sick the way I was the sick. The science is clear. Oh, you care about me all of a sudden, huh? Enough to have you on the show because I don't like people uh, making bad decisions for themselves and their family. I was hoping it was a little bit of a stunt. Oh. You have the freedom not to take the vaccine. Well, I just don't ask, know why you think it's a good move. Maybe,
7: uh, maybe we should ask your brother about p- protecting people, right? I hey, mean, look, that's his job, uh, and if he doesn't you know, do it well, whole, people won't that's a vote whole, for him. Whole
8: new can of worms. But uh, look, Tony, look, I don't Listen, know if you know me too well. I'm My stand from much. is not I'm a political you about stand. You.
7: Yeah, good. I appreciate that too because I know you talk a lot. So, so my my stance here is a pro freedom stand only. It's not political. You're never gonna. Fu- If you come down here, you're not going to see a Trump flag flying Mm -hmm. over the roof, okay? You're not going to see campaign signs. You're not going to see campaign slogans or political slogans ever, okay? Mm -hmm. You're only going to see pro-freedom messages, and that's it. Um, And you're not going to drag me down the hole talking about the science. This is not about whether I'm pro-vaccine or not. I'm pro-freedom, anti-tyranny, okay? And, uh, you know, maybe the conversation should really be between me and your brother. That's what I'm thinking.
8: Maybe so, you're pro-freedom, but people can't wear masks Tony, it doesn't make sense, it really doesn't I gave you a chance to make the case I wish you well, I hope your family stays safe I made my case, you didn't have much to say You didn't have much to say I mean, so honestly, I you it. sound you. like an idiot, so there's not much to say But Tony, good luck with it, see ya And so do you Yeah. So I, uh, you? Only for having you on the show, that was my only mistake
1: A couple of idiots
2: I g- Again, I just Hey, list-
1: hey, oh, you sound like a moron Hey, what well, you do, hey what the bull. Fucking, what? what is happening views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior
8: person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis.
1: Just in case. I, maybe I jumped the gun on that, but anyway, it's well, out there.
2: You're getting pretty excited. So um, it, I listened to that and wondered, what what is the point of this? What is the point of this? Yeah. And the reason that we're... Playing it is because we want to talk about the fact that this restaurant owner, despite, according to the Orange County Register, his vehement anti-state and federal government social media postings over the past year.
1: Oh, yeah. He's very anti-tyranny, which means tyranny from the government. He doesn't want government to be involved in this.
2: Right. He accepted $57,738 in PPP funds. (laughs)
1: course he did now
2: again this is in defiance continuously of the covid-19 recommendations from the state and federal government so you were supposed to if you were going to accept money from the paycheck protection program follow the covid-19 recommendations yeah of the state and federal government so the orange county register reached out to him for comments and he wrote in part PPP, question mark. It's our money, not theirs. Don't let them tax you and then use your money to build a war chest so they can fund programs to advance and enforce tyrannical mandates and restrictions against you.
1: Oh, yeah. Clearly, you heard him speak extemporaneously, and then you hear the writing. Either he really spent some time and dug out the thesaurus to write that, or he had somebody else write it for him. But it it doesn't jive. It's all of these... They're anti-welfare until they take the welfare. He's just another liar and grifter and charlatan.
2: Well, and despite receiving multiple citations from the state for violations, he's still open, operating, no problem, getting $60,000 in PPP funds, going on CNN.
1: Some of that might be because uh, Gavin Newsom is running scared about the recall and not dropping down the hammer on people like this. Who, who is operating a super spreader event every single night that he's open. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we're not naming the restaurant, but uh, Orange County in the national news. Yeah. Very exciting.
1: Sh- and always for the wrong fucking reason. <laughs> always for the wrong reason.
2: <laughs> it's like Florida.
1: We We are. We are. Huntington Beach is absolutely the Florida of California. <laughs> without a doubt.
2: Yeah, I hear that.
1: So the other thing that happened this week in uh, the 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 unnamed caller did uh, allude to it and that is the the incident in Montana with the with Tucker Carlson the guy who who apparently assaulted if you listen to conservatives um all he did was talk to Tucker Carlson he didn't threaten him uh, if anything, Tucker Carlson stepped into him and chested him up
2: until he looked over and saw the camera, oh, yeah. smiled, and then giggled and tried to downplay what his initial response was. Right, right, right. I mean, based on my role as a body language expert, <laughs> that is. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad you're laughing like that. I hope everyone knows that's a joke. Um,
1: body language. That's
2: what I saw.
1: So anyway, uh, a lot of people, as the caller, I keep wanting to say his name. The the caller. Um, indicated, a lot of people sounded off about this. And we're only going to play Don Lemon, Joy Behar, and the esteemed uh, Megan McCain, co-host of The View. I, Megan
9: McCain, co-host
1: of The View. So, uh, <laughs> but Brittany and I, we're going to sound off. Uh, apparently, it's, it's, it's out there. People want to know. They're waiting with bated breath what we have to say. They're inventing in their own minds things that we've said. I love it. And we're going to talk about it.
3: Okay, everyone, uh, sit down and watch this, all right, because you may, I never thought I would be in this position to maybe somehow have to defend Tucker Carlson, but we'll see where this goes. I have a mixed emotions about this one. Fox propaganda host Tucker Carlson confronted in a Montana fishing shop called the worst human being known to man. Dan Bailey is the guy's name, posting his confrontation with the TV host to his Instagram and accusing Carlson of killing people with vaccine misinformation and supporting extreme racism. Now watch what happened. So, I don't, really you, don't care, man. Okay, just kidding. You are the I'm worst human being. known to me. I want you yeah. yeah. to yeah. know. you going to this good time, good to the United States, to, good to good good everything good else good. in this world. I don't care that you daughter's here. What you've done to people's families, what you have done to everybody else in this society, son. Don't call yeah. Okay, so Fox, Fox News reacting in a statement saying ambushing Tucker Carlson while he is in a store with his family is totally inexcusable. No public figure should be accosted regardless of their political persuasion or beliefs simply due to the intolerance of another point of view. Well, the store where it happened is called Dan Bailey's Outdoor Company. It issued a, a public statement saying even though that they have the same name, they share no affiliation with uh, Dan Bailey. A lot the of video, Dan Bailey's. Um, a coincidence that it's the same name, uh, and that they treat every customer equally and respectfully. Let's discuss now. in political commentators Anna Navarro and Scott Jennings both here. Good evening to both of you. Thank you so much. Let me, say, let me tell you this. I don't like it. I don't like it when, people are, it when people do that because I would not want it to happen to me. But I have mixed emotions because <laughs> Tucker has done this to people before. Tucker said some really nasty and silly things about me, and the next day there are paparazzi in front of my house. Hiding, taking pictures. So, I don't want it to happen to anyone. I don't want it to happen to Tucker, but but when you do things like that, I don't know. I'm just saying, that's the real deal. That's how I feel about it. Wait, wait, wait.
1: When you do things like that, I'm just saying that's the real deal. That's what I'm saying about it? You didn't say anything about it, Don Lemon.
2: Well, that's. I think he's fundamentally kind of confused because I think his, again... His own perspective is that he doesn't want this to happen to him, but he's like struggling to reconcile the fact that Tucker Carlson is someone who encourages other people to behave this way. So right. what can you expect really? Like he's wrestling with these ideas in real time. And so he, he just says, well, that's how I feel about it after kind of telling us two opposing perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's just confused about how he feels.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna play Joy Behar and then we're gonna stop and talk a little bit about it. And then we're gonna play Megan McCain and then and I think we want to talk about it. Uh, specifically about how we feel about it, which, by the way, I don't fucking care. He didn't get punched in the face. Anyway, here's Joe Be- Joy Behar.
5: Well, I'm against public confrontations like that, especially when you're in a hostile state of mind. If you have something to say to me, tweet it. But, you know, don't come up to me with your hostility if they I don't like that. But I think that Tucker probably thought that he was in a safe space. I mean, he's in a uh, some kind of a fly fishing store in Montana. I mean, he figured everybody is there on his side. Well, wasn't. But when you're spewing lies that cost people their lives, actually no place is safe for him and people like him. Um, As for the vaccine, now, you know that Tucker got the vaccine. I don't think that Rupert Murdoch would allow people in that Fox building without all being vaccinated. And yet he goes around vilifying the vaccine and saying lies about the vaccine's effectiveness, which is very, very dangerous. He's like the guy who's on a lifeboat wearing a vest or like on the Titanic. He's wearing a vest and telling other people don't wear the vest. Uh, this is what he thinks of his viewers. He's more uh, he's more interested in ratings and getting attention than he is in his viewers' lives. And there are people like this guy in Montana who will not have it. But I th- and, and the fact that he was very very nice about it, you'll notice he did not become a threat. He just bas- basically quietly said, "You know, you are the worst human being for doing what you are doing." So you can't really fault him on that on that end.
2: So again, confused because. <laughs> If you'll notice, Joy Behar starts by saying that this is not good, especially if someone is in a hostile state of mind. Was right. the quote that she used, and then she goes on to talk about how this guy was very nice about it. It didn't—he didn't get angry. It wasn't or... heated, right? So, wh- what are you? What's happening right now? I-, I think people start out with, "I'm a public figure." I wouldn't
1: want this to happen to me. I wouldn't yeah. want this to
2: happen to me. This could happen to me. It would be very scary, but. Insert a lot of reasons about why Tucker Carlson is actually actively doing damage to our society, and then they kind of come to the conclusion that, like, maybe it wasn't so bad. Like, you can hear them kind of talking themselves (laughs) through it, you know? It's
1: exactly that. It is, this should not happen, but... Look, Tucker brought it on himself, and these are all the reasons it should happen.
2: (laughs) Right. That's
1: kind of
9: what we're hearing.
1: Except for... I,
9: Megan McCain, co-host of The View.
1: uh, I, Megan McCain, co-host of The View, had a completely, uh, well, similar opinion, but she was actually very staunch about it.
9: Um, I think the problem with any kind of rationale of this being okay is there's this Winston Churchill quote that says just because the crocodiles eating them doesn't mean it's not going to eat you next as incendiary as many people find Tucker Carlson, they find the women on this show equally incendiary for different reasons. So if it's okay, and should be expected, maybe there's an expectation that wherever we go, it's okay for people to come up to us and scream things and say things. Scream. And maybe you guys thought that man was being polite. I thought he was being a total jackass and incredibly rude. And we're living in a time when people like Steve Scalise are being shot and wounded to the point that you don't know if they're there, he's literally going to survive, and now he has to walk with a cane because there are people that just aren't in control of themselves and aren't in control of their mental of their mental health, and they want to take out their aggression on public figures. It's incredibly dangerous. I thought it was incredibly dangerous when Maxine Waters said we should go up to public figures and get up in their faces. I, I think is a very very slippery slope. I know how much people don't like Tucker Carlson. People equally don't like uh, Megan McCain. And Joy Behar and Sonny Hostin and Whoopi and Sarah. These are, when you're putting your opinion out there, you're making yourself a target. I now feel in my life, uh, Ben and I have to talk about what restaurants we feel safe going to. I think about what kind of places I'm comfortable taking liberty to. I have to think about what kind of neighborhood I'm living in. Tucker Carlson's wife once barricaded herself in her home in their pantry and called the police because so many protesters were outside their home here in Washington, D.C. to try and accost them. These are not, this isn't normal. And I think any rational that this is normal or should be accepted in the United States of America is not only indecent but it's beyond the pale of what should be any any expectation of any kind of of decorum in a in a society like the United States of America and anyone that tries to rationalize it is gross and that man should apologize to Tucker Carlson.
2: Megan McCain is I'm Megan McCain, co-host of The View, also someone who would laugh in the face of a liberal who said that words are violence. Absolutely. And yet, here she is saying that saying things, right, to yeah. someone in public. And then she starts talking about people well, she, getting shot.
1: She also categorized what took place with Tucker Carlson as that guy, that jackass, as she likes to say, screaming at Tucker Carlson, she said.
2: Screaming. Right. So, but, and then she He says, didn't even
1: raise his voice.
2: She said, scream or saying things. And then all of a sudden, she's talking about Steve Scalise being shot. I right. mean, what an escalation.
1: Also. The, the he he so wasn't screaming that you could you probably out there when you were listening to it if you hadn't heard it before didn't even know what the fuck was going on right because he wasn't even talking at like room level right he was like almost whispering to Tucker Carlson right I mean, talk about misrepresenting
2: totally, and again, this is someone who talks about freedom of speech right being of the most importance in this country. And then she's also talking about concerns about like people being able to commit acts of violence and shoot Steve Scalise. Yeah. And what are your positions on gun rights, Megan? Right. I mean, come on, What what's happening right now? It's, it's just, just all across the board. Just so much confusion. I don't even understand what her position is on anything just by listening to that clip.
1: So, so listen, here's, you want to go first. You go first.
2: Okay, about my thoughts on this. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, so I I think that the guy was very respectful, and you're not going to be protected from this kind of thing in public. You are Tucker Carlson. You're actively promoting white supremacists, white supremacy, racism. You're actively doing damage to society. People find that controversial, sir. And people have something to say about it, and people are going to say something about it, and I would hope that they do. I would hope that when Tucker Carlson goes out in public, he has the thought, like Megan was saying, can I go to this restaurant? I don't think that that's unfair of Tucker Carlson to feel that way when he is using his platform with the number one rated show on Fox News to advance racist ideas and indoctrinate people into believing terrible things that ultimately harm our society. So he wasn't hurt. He wasn't physically assaulted.
1: He wasn't threatened. Even He
2: wasn't threatened. He went into a public space and he was told by someone that he is terrible and that he's damaging society. Yeah. And I do not see that as a problem.
1: So listen, um, Tucker Carlson is a neo-Nazi. I hesitate to say Nazi because, you know, people get weirded out about it. But Tucker Carlson holds avowed white supremacist beliefs. He is a propagandist to legitimize racist and white supremacy beliefs in America. He talks openly about white genocide. He uses the phrase, not even coded language, the Great Replacement Theory. He has Charles Murray on his program?
2: Who just tweeted something today that is... We'll talk about it next time. Insane. I mean, to be expected from racist Charles Murray. So if the
1: worst that he's going to get is you're the worst person in in, in America or whatever, Dan Bailey, one of... How many da- Dan Bailey <laughs> is in the Dan Bailey tackle shop?
2: A lot of Dan Bailey's. And he's not
1: even the owner. He's just another random Dan Bailey. We know a Dan Bailey.
2: <laughs> There's so many, many Dan Bailey's.
1: i will <laughs> change my name to Dan Bailey. <laughs> but if that's all he gets, he's lucky. Because listen, I'll even say it. If you disagree with me and you see me on the street and you come up and tell me I'm a fuckface. Or a jackass or whatever the fuck. That's fine. I could handle that. That's all that happened. It wasn't an accosting. It wasn't an ambush. Like Fox News put it. It is amazing these conservatives. Who use words that are militaristic. Like ambush. (laughs) When it was just a dude walking up to him. in In a tackle shop. Saying man. You're the fucking worst bro. That's all it was. That's all it was.
2: Also, you can tell that Tucker Carlson himself didn't feel threatened by he, how he responded.
1: He chested the big dude up. He, he felt did. felt very safe. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
2: Until, again, he saw the phone and knew yeah, he, he, started, he was being recorded. He started giving the guy <laughs> shit.
1: Don't talk to me, son. Yeah. Call the guy son. Yeah. He's lucky. He's lucky it didn't escalate. But the guy was respectful. Right. The ambusher. Mm -hmm. Was respectful. Right. So that's where we fall on the idea. Yeah. So, you know, caller, now you can talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, we would love to know what you think about this. We could drag this out for another episode. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at com. I know we talk about it all the time. That you should... Did you hear... Was that... Mouth noise? Was that audible in your earphones? I
2: don't think it will be audible, but I heard it.
1: Okay. Um, I, I know we talk about it all the time, but really, you should put the numbers in your phone. Like, yes. Like we're a, we're a friend. Like we're a distant friend that you want to text once in a while. Yeah. Put that number in your phone. That number is also good for text messages, by the way. It is, yeah. You can text that. You can, you can email there. You can uh, voicemail there. Mm-hmm. Call. And interact with the show. We want to make this as as audience, participative. That's probably not even a word.
2: What is happening? It's hot in here.
1: <laughs> and I'm wearing a hoodie. So. Okay. Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, moving on.
2: It's the asshole of today. Nancy Pelosi.
1: Nancy Pelosi is the asshole of today. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure everyone knows who today's asshole is.
2: Can I... So this isn't what we're going to talk about, but I also... I just, I need to talk about how the eviction moratorium is expiring at the end of this month.
1: Let's play the clip. I got a clip. We're cutting some topics short. I have a little clip on it. You want to talk about it?
2: Well, yeah, and this this kind of relates to Nancy Pelosi because she released a statement about how Congress needs to act to extend the moratorium, but that happened uh, today, the 30th of the month. Right. And again, um, I I work as a therapist, and I have been working in the realm of people who are impacted by the pandemic in terms of eviction yeah and the eviction moratorium has been extended several times now and every time it happens in the last
1: hours before the month ends
2: I mean it's like two days one day like right before and so you have families that are like packing up their homes prepared to be kicked out and then they learn oh thank god it's been extended
1: well then also it 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 causes a glut in lawyers offices to file these and it just a It's just, it's not respectful. Here's what it is.
5: Hello, pores.
1: It's they don't give a fuck. Mm -hmm. Nancy Pelosi, uber wealthy, multi-millionaire Nancy Pelosi, doesn't seem under my judgment to really give a shit. And we're going to juxtapose two things here. I'm going to play the clip. We're going to play the clip because it plays into what we're talking about here. Because on one hand... Um, we're going to talk about student loan debt forgiveness, cancellation.
2: And what she had to say about that this and she's week. She's like, well,
1: the president doesn't have that authority. Only I, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, we have authority to cancel student do- loan debt. But then the eviction moratorium, which Biden's kicking the football over to Congress saying, Hell listen, I can't do it anymore. Congress needs to do something. Then she's punting to the CDC.
0: Democratic leaders in Congress sought today to extend a nationwide ban on evictions. The U.S. Supreme Court has indicated only Congress may keep the ban from expiring tomorrow night. In the meantime, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi appealed to the CDC to take emergency action. We would like the CDC uh, to uh, expand the moratorium. That's where it can be done. And then and, and of course, with the public message of governors mayors etc gives the money for its purpose uh, to the renters congress approved 47 billion dollars months ago to aid renters and landlords but lawmakers say states have been slow to disperse the money and only 3 billion has gone out so far
2: so this is primarily why there is a push to extend the eviction moratorium because there has not been enough time And there's just such a mess in terms of the structure that is in place to get the money from the federal government out to landlords and get this whole process moving. The the money just has not been given to landlords. And so there needs to be more time to get this government funding out to landlords and help alleviate some of this debt burden on these renters. And there just hasn't been enough time to have that happen. And so that's why there has been a push. And let me just tell you, this push is not happening at the end of the month from advocates. Right. This push is happening (laughs) before the actual eviction moratorium ends. And so I don't understand why on the 30th of the month, all of a sudden there is action and stress on the part of politicians trying to get everyone to the floor so that they can extend the eviction moratorium. Where have you been? Where, every where single been? time.
1: At every juncture, this has been the the the, the 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 standard operating procedure. Is just fucking, oh, last minute. Like it snuck up on them. They didn't know it was going to be the case.
2: Well, and let me tell you this. So the Republicans objected to extending the moratorium through October 18th. That's what the bill that they wanted to vote on today. They objected to the bill's passage on the floor. But... According to The Hill, the House's inability to advance legislation was also a result of Democrats' inability to unite around the best path forward, a failure they blamed on the short, one-day notice they'd been given by the Biden administration. And this is a quote from Nancy Pelosi. We only learned of this yesterday. Not enough time to socialize it within our caucus, as well as to build the consensus, especially in the time of COVID. You guys should know. When the eviction moratorium is ending and putting millions of Americans in a precarious situation, including children who are going to lose their homes, be out in the street in a time when cases are increasing. Right. Booming. Right it's going to lead to death
1: and children who are in an age that can't get vaccinated too.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's horrifying and they're acting like we didn't have enough notice, you know, when it's going to end.
1: Not only that, like, Oh, well the white house didn't tell us until yesterday. You mean there's not a single staffer on the Hill that's tasked with communicating with the white house to say, Hey bro, what are you guys going to do about the eviction moratorium? All of this is bullshit and misinformation Nancy Pelosi is responsible she's the leader she's the speaker of the House of Representatives she gets paid more money than any of these other idiots she is responsible for this and for her to kick the can to the CDC is an outrage because as we're gonna see she sure loves to take the responsibility on student loan debt neither issue they're doing anything with they say oh yeah Congress we've got the authority it's us we're the powerful ones we're the ones with the authority But we're not going to do a fucking thing because why?
2: Hello, pores. And I want to continue reading from this Hill article. Quote, moderate Democrats eager to leave Washington were fuming at leadership for keeping the caucus in town until late in the day. Liberals fighting for the most robust renter protections they could muster were furious with the Biden administration for waiting so long to request a congressional fix with moderates for prioritizing the vacation over the renter assistance and with leadership for adjourning the chamber without adopting a fix. Hello, poors. So can you imagine (laughs) being In a position to save millions of people from losing their homes, and you are upset because you need to go on vacation.
1: Let's flip it. Can you imagine being one of the millions of people who need the assistance, who are desperate, who will be homeless? But you're not going to get it because the moderate Democrat, a.k.a. conservative Democrat, wants to go on vacation. It is disgusting. It is asshole-ish. Hence, why Nancy Pelosi is the asshole of today. And before we play this next thing about the student loan debt, I want to once again drop the phone number. I'd love to hear from people who dissent. Fans of Nancy Pelosi. What's the justification here? What am I missing? What is the lovely and talented Brittany Page missing? Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. I doubt it, at com. Here's Nancy Pelosi proclaiming her her loan and singular mighty power on student loan debt.
2: Well, well, before we do that, and I'm sorry to keep. Is there more? Well, I'm sorry to keep doing this, but I just I I understand this is a very convoluted. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, Democrats claiming that they're caught by surprise about Biden's announcement I just I really struggle with that because where have they been knowing that the eviction ban is going to end? Like either they either they should have been pressuring Biden, who is now insisting that his administration doesn't have the authority to unilaterally extend it due to a Supreme Court ruling last month. Like, should they have been pressuring him so that he could have announced it sooner that he doesn't have the authority anymore to extend it? I mean, what?
1: It's a lie. If, you, if if people people are naive to think there's not a direct line of communication between the Democratic Congress and the White House, the chief of staff has Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on fucking speed dial. Absolutely, there's communication.
2: Well, and then Nancy Pelosi is saying that even if the Democrats had passed a bill, that it would have gone to the Senate and just failed due to widespread opposi- opposition from the Republicans. So, I and mean, why
1: impeach Donald Trump? It's just going to be shot down in the Senate.
2: I mean, I and now Biden is calling for state and local governments to quote take all possible steps to immediately uh, disperse emergency rental assistance funds. So it just it seems to me it's just down the line passing the buck, and at, at the end of this domino chain is children who are going to be losing their homes. In the middle of a pandemic, and we're talking about millions of people, and I I just... Children, kids. I mean, I cannot fathom being in a position of power to do something about that. I mean,
1: my vacation, y'all. I got a vacation to go on.
2: And again, this is for people who are party loyalists who believe that Democrats are so much different than Republicans, then why? Why is there this struggle to save millions of families from this fate? This this doesn't seem this difficult. And if they hadn't waited until the last minute, we almost
1: the literal last minute.
2: I mean, it's it's so frustrating. But anyway, she also has terrible opinions about student loans. So
0: people think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would has to be an act of Congress. And um, uh, I, I I don't even like to call it forgiveness because that Im- implies a transgression. It's not to be forgiven. <laughs> Get, just freeing people from those obligations. Uh, so it, it it the question of who gets forgiven? What if, to use the term of art that is out there uh, is a is a debate. Do we use the, whatever money there is for the broadest base of support of the th- those with um, more people with even less debt or fewer people with more debt, that's a policy discussion. But th- the difference between the president, the president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. They, not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive.
1: So that is Nancy Pelosi proclaiming her mighty righteous power as Speaker of the House of the Congress. It's a little odd that she's not kicking that can to somebody else. And here's what I fear is happening on this student debt thing, is that Chuck Schumer and, and Elizabeth Warren are screaming from the rooftops to have this done.
2: They want to cancel as much as 50000 in federal student debt.
1: That's right. and And... Uh, Ayanna Pressley, actually, she had this to say, that the president has already used the authority to cancel the debt of students defrauded by for-profit colleges. Right. So the president does have, does have the authority to do this. It's not just a a, a postponement of interest or a postponement of payments. Joe Biden is willing to do 10000 he said. 10,000 is better than zero, not quite as good as 50,000. But if we have an immoral system, uh, this bizarre system where poor people and people who don't have means have to take out loans to get higher education, while rich people, it's no sweat off their ass because they got money.
2: What the fuck? Well, and uh, so Chuck Schumer is like wearing face masks that say hashtag cancel student debt. And when asked about like how persuading the Biden administration is going, he says that the White House concerns about legality of forgiving yeah. student loans has largely gone away, saying, quote, we don't hear much of that anymore. So like that's what Chuck Schumer is saying. But then if you ask Nancy Pelosi, she's flat out like the president can't do it. That's not even a discussion. Right. Well, it sounds like it is a discussion that's happening. She actually, wa-
1: She wants the power. As she mumbles and stumbles around um there's a second there's a second clip actually if you hated that first clip just wait till this second one
0: that would be an attitude that people would have but even take it on top of that suppose your family was not your child just decided they want to at this time not want to go to college but you're paying taxes to forgive somebody else's uh uh obligations, you may not be happy about that. But you know what? We want all of our kids.
1: The same argument could be said of welfare.
2: Yeah, it could be said of anything.
1: I work hard for my money. Why am I going to pay for somebody to not work? That's thats what she's saying right now. That's the argument. She's taking a page right out of the Republican playbook and using their arguments.
2: Yeah, that it's not fair. Uh,
1: what do you mean? I paid for my student loans. No one should have. Wait, I... I got polio. What do you mean there's a polio vaccine now? No one should get that polio vaccine. I didn't have Medicaid when I grew up. I didn't have Medicare when I grew up. Why should they offer that now? It is a nonsense, non-starter Republican argument that only serves...
2: Hello, pores.
1: ...that attitude.
2: Also, it's a childlike argument. I mean, I can't imagine... Being an adult, and this, I guess, one example for me is there's a push for free community college. I went to community college, I can't wait for community college to be free. Yeah, what a relief! What a fantastic thing for people. If I walked around saying, Well, I had to pay for community college, like who gives a shit, Brittany? I how is that relevant?
1: Hey, Brittany, I like that sentiment. Yeah, who gives a shit, Brittany? (laughs) Let's let Nancy Pelosi continue
0: to reach their fulfillment. Uh, To the extent uh, that they want to go to college, we do not want them to be prohibited from doing that for financial reasons. I've had high school students come in here and say with their grades, they're able to be accepted in the Ivy League here and there. But their family's economic situation does not enable that to happen because they have to stay close to home to work to be part of the family situation. So what we'd like to do is have an economy that is fair, that gives opportunity and does not hold anybody back because of financial reasons. And and again, how some people may view uh, the uh, relieving people of this obligation uh, has to be viewed in a fair way where we have something uh, that gives opportunity. That's the big word. Opportunity to all of America's families.
2: Well, people want to live in a fantasy land, apparently. And uh, she's like, we need to have a fair economy. Yeah, Well, we don't have that. Again, isn't that your job?
1: Yeah. You're the Speaker of the House of Representatives. You're not just some random citizen, Nancy Pelosi.
2: Again. And there are, like I talked about earlier, party loyalists who get very upset when anyone criticizes Nancy Pelosi. But there are valid criticisms because here's the thing. This party should care about people and human suffering. And when you hear comments about how it's unfair if you're paying taxes for somebody else's obligations, um, what are we doing here? Hello, poors! We're not advocating to alleviate human suffering. There, what she said is no different than what a Republican would get up there and say. She's
1: punching down.
2: And yet she's revered by many people oh, within the party. Yeah. And so I just, I think this is a problem holding figures up when they're not doing anything to warrant being held up. On- I mean,
1: I mean, listen, it could be summed up. She's, she's proclaiming the power. She has the power to change it, yet she's doing nothing. She's not proposing to do anything. She's just saying, hey, no, 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 no. The president can't do that. That's the power of Congress. And then fucking crickets. And then nothing. And then what are you going to do? We we need our we need our social moments to talk about it. Everybody, we gotta we you know we're Congress people. We we need to have the we need to be able to have time to conference about it and and really work through what we the ruling class are going to do for all of you little people down there.
5: Hello. Well, and it's
2: nice that she talks about hearing from high school students who have to ultimately give up certain educational goals that they have because they have to stay home and work and they have obligations to their family. But ultimately, she's not proposing anything that can right. help alleviate that burden.
1: Lip service.
2: Yeah. So why are you even giving that example if you're not willing to do something that actually helps those people that you're referencing that you met? Like, what was the point of that anecdote?
1: Yeah. This. is this, Listen, this is why we need a younger model of, of representative in the Congress. You know, not the eighty something year old Nancy Pelosi. Let's get the seventy year old uh, Elizabeth <laughs> Warren in there.
2: <laughs> yeah. Good points.
1: Anyway, we love you guys. We do want to hear from you. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course you can email a voice memo, of course, from your uh iPhone or your smartphone of whatever kind to I doubt it at Dollamore.com. Or
2: even your flip phone.
1: Do are there flip there? Now there are smart flip phones. Yeah. This is a tech podcast now. (laughs) Anyway, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for listening and engaging with the program. Thanks for buying our stupid merch. Thanks for rating and reviewing us. Thanks for considering supporting us on Patreon. That is fantastic. And we will see you uh, if you're a Patreon supporter in that tier. We'll see you tomorrow morning. If you listen to this immediately, it's tomorrow morning. Uh, on the Patreon call. And then we'll see you next next week. We love you. We'll see you next time for Brittany Page. I'm Jesse Daltlimore. This has been I Doubt.